Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is joined by Shannon King, owner and CEO of Your Beauty and Wellness, and Crystal Parker, owner of Savvy Beauty and Wellness. All right, everybody, welcome to Medical Spa Insider, the podcast from AmSpa. This is Alex Tiersch, the the host, and we are um, very excited and honored today to have Shannon King and Crystal Parker on the AmSpa hotline, as we like to say. Uh, Shannon is the CEO of Le Meilleur Mespa, which is French, and I'll let her say because it, it sounds better when she says it. And Crystal Parker is, uh, and, and Shannon is an RN and, and the CEO of that Mespa. Crystal is a, a nurse practitioner, owner of Savvy Beauty and Wellness. And just a quick little um, um, context for, for those of you who are listening, um, Shannon and, and Crystal, as well as a few others, came up um, to me when we were at Medical Spa Show and then and reached out to us um, subsequent to that and, and indicated that they would love to be part of and, and help us create and, and launch and, and be um, um, be part of a, what we're calling a diversity committee, diversity initiative to, to really assist AMSPA and assist the industry um, when it comes to diversity and aesthetics, which is a big issue that we've been talking about for a long time. Um, but I think it's something that is is incredibly poignant and important right now and something that, that frankly, AMSPA hasn't focused enough on. And so Shannon and Crystal, among others, are going to help us help us with that. So to both of you, Shannon, first of all, welcome, Crystal. Welcome. Thank you both for, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Thank you for having us. Of course, yeah. So I'm gonna, Shannon. I'm gonna start with you just because you're uh, higher on my list um, with uh, <laughs> that, that I have written out in front of me. If you could um, give me just a you know a, a thirty second to a minute background of 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 who you are, what you do, and definitely pronounce your med spa because you'll do it uh, better than me. And and then we'll 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 do Crystal's intro and then we'll get into it. Of course. My name is Shannon King. I am the CEO and owner of Le Meilleur Beauty and Wellness, um, uh, aesthetic practice here in Norco, California. Um, we are uh, at the tender age of nine months old. Um, mm. Our establishment has been open for nine months. I've been a registered nurse for five years. I spent most of my career at the bedside as a maternal child um, nurse in labor and delivery, postpartum, antepartum, and also uh, working as a uh, nurse circulator for plastics. Awesome. Um, my love for plastics took over and um, inspired me to get more educated and certified on aesthetics and uh, kind of jumped two feet in and uh, did what I needed to do during COVID and right after to get my uh, med spot open. So um, awesome. my background looks like I was a hospital administrator prior to becoming a registered nurse. So this is a second career for me of choice and of passion and of love. So I'm excited about being in this space and um, I'm excited about being here with you today. That's awesome. And congratulations on, on the business. It's um, it's incredible. It's a difficult business, but an amazing business. And I'm sure you're going to kill it. Uh now you actually you and Crystal uh, know each other. Um, so Crystal, uh, first of all, thank you for for joining us as well. And you are with Savvy Beauty and Wellness. Give us a, a little bit of a background on, on yourself as well. Yes, yeah, so I'm Crystal Parker, um, board certified family nurse practitioner. I was an ER nurse for. 12 years, um, and I suffered from burnout, and I always like to say that I cured my burnout through entrepreneurship, so I set out to do one business, and then that led me into um, starting an IV hydration concierge business, Um, and then I quickly scaled into aesthetics, so I actually do know Shannon. I am the owner of Savvy Beauty and Wellness, but I do work out of Le Mayor Beauty and Wellness. Um, I rent a room. So me and Shannon collaborate a lot together. Uh, I teach other nurses as well how to start IV hydration businesses. I've taught over 30 nurses now how to get their businesses started. And I also help other med spas and day spas add IV hydration to their treatment menu. Um, So this has been an amazing journey, one that I didn't um, always wanted to do for years, but didn't think that I could do um, until I met my 
medical director who looked like me and told me that if she could do it, I could do it too. So that was all I needed. Um, And I set off to just make a lane um, of my own and got started training. And it's been, um, like Shannon said, a wonderful passion ever since um, making women look and feel beautiful has really become a passion of mine. That's awesome. Um, I appreciate you both being here. And, you know, IV hydration is a super hot topic um, amongst our members and what we're seeing. So that's a, it's a great, it's a great vertical to be in. There's a ton of opportunity there. We're seeing so much growth and, and interest in it. Um, And um, okay. I, I, I would love to get into this because I, first of all, I was so, um, I was so, happy Shannon when you reached out first because you, you you and I spoke and, and I've had several conversations but but you were the one I connected with 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 first and um we brought up this idea about um, doing some sort of an initiative with AMSPA in terms of diversity. And this kind of all fell out of the medical spa show where I, I, I believe we had met in, in, in person. Yes. And um, what I would love to do is just kind of set some context because, you know, there's, there's lots of folks who talk about diversity and the need for diversity. And there's, there's, you know, diversity committees and inclusion um, um, committees and, and divisions. Really, we're seeing this more and more. Um, but I think, you know, from, from a larger perspective, I would love to talk about just um, why this is important and, um, and, 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 and what's important to you about doing this in aesthetics. And that, so Shannon, I'd love to hear from you and then Crystal as well, just kind of, you know, wh- what's driving you to be a part of this and, 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 and why do you think it's important to do this in aesthetics specifically? Oh, well, that's a loaded question, <laughs> but a very important one. <laughs> um, you know, I think we can start off by saying that, um, <clears throat> aesthetics is expanding, Um, The traditional way of thinking about aesthetics with, um, you know, beauty having a European standard um, Mm -hmm. should be dismantled. Um, The field of aesthetics is growing both by providers and um, patients. And so um, with it expanding, we need to make adjustments. We meaning um, the aesthetic providers. Um, in general, there is a lack of diversity in medicine um, and representation of Blacks, Latinos, um, you know, people of color um, graduating from medical school and from nursing school. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will trickle down even more when you come into specialties. And um, living in this world of aesthetics for a couple of years now, um, it is very obvious and apparent that there is a lack of education, a lack of knowledge, a lack of diversity, a lack of tolerance um, amongst, like I said, providers. Um, And so we're doing a disservice to our patients by not having the education, by not having the experience, and by not discussing the differences and the beautiful differences of our skin types um, and our standards by ethnicity and culture. Yeah. So um, if I can see it, I can believe it. Um, Mm -hmm. Crystal spoke of our medical director, whom we both share, um, who has been more than an inspiration to both of us um, and letting us know that we can do it and helping us to create this um, lane and step forward as leaders in something that is so, so needed. To be able to see someone that looks like me that can do it, then that gives me the inspiration to know that I can do it. So I'd like to be at the forefront of making the changes necessary um, to come in this industry. Yeah, you know, I um, when Crystal, you you mentioned that um, that your medical director was someone who who looked like you. I, I, I took note of that because it's it's something that a lot of folks in aesthetics, and I would say, you know, myself included, and I'm just a lawyer and entrepreneur, probably take for granted. Um, and um, to hear it in, in those terms, I think is, is, you know, sometimes I think we all need to kind of take a step back and realize what the true impact is on, on all this. But uh, Crystal, why are you interested in doing um, um, a, a diversity initiative with AMSPA and, and, and kind of what do you hope to gain out of it? Yeah, so just like um, just going back a little bit further. So I was interested in aesthetics um, many years ago, but 
you know, applying to places, not getting selected, um, not seeing anyone in it who looked like me. I just pretty much gave up. I was just like, uh, that's a hard field to crack. I don't know anybody in the industry. Nobody's giving me a chance. I don't have any experience. Um, I don't have any friends or family in that particular industry. So I just gave up on that dream um, until, you know, like I said, started my IV hydration business and found, was blessed to find a medical director. And she is a pediatrician, but she was doing aesthetics on the side. Mm-hmm. She assured me there's other ways to get in it. You know, you can start it yourself, do trainings yourself. You have me now as a medical director. So as you said, I don't think people realize, and I probably didn't either um, before realize how important um, seeing someone that looked like you and uh, representation, how much that mattered. I think that people who don't um, experience those same trials and issues, you wouldn't think about it. Um, so it's, it was so important that, you know, she, she gave me that encouragement and I saw her doing it. Then I began to research and saw, okay, there are other, you know, women of color doing this. Um, so it's something that I can do. So especially now with starting these, uh, this business, IV hydration and aesthetics, um, I have lots of, um, you know, African-American women, black women who, who are like, oh, I, I want to do that. Now that I see you doing it, I know I can do it. So since I had someone inspire me so much um, being a representative, I want to be that for other people. Um, So I want to be that to get other diverse practitioners into this business, um, as well as the manufacturers. I work a lot with my, or I talk a lot with my um, reps for the different companies on just how we need more inclusion and representation. You know, if you guys are sending me pamphlets and nobody looks like yeah. the people that I service or who want to get service, they're going to, they're going to think those treatments aren't for them. Um, yeah. It's still very taboo and black community aesthetics. Um, a lot of education has to be done. A lot of persuasion. You know, when I started my mom, she's like, you're not putting that stuff in my face. <laughs> and now that, you know, I've, I've educated her and talked to her, she sees that, you know, I do Botox on myself, she, you know, she's slowly coming around. So those are the things that, um, you know, black women, women of color spend lots and lots of money on on beauty. Um, right. But if we don't think something is for us, then we, you know, we won't buy into it. So I want, I feel like this is important, not only for the practitioner side, but also to bring more people into the world of aesthetics so they can enjoy, uh, enjoy it and feel confident and get the benefits of the services just like everybody else does. Right. Yeah, there's so many people that um, when they come in and they see um, two women of color and, you know, they find out that I am the actual owner of the spa, they're like, oh, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy to see you, you know, um, women of color, not just black women. um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, the people that we service, they're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you were here. I mean, we're kind of in a building that's a little bit incognito. But nonetheless, when they come in, um, they're very happy to see both of our faces. And uh, we also have estheticians that are um, women of color, Latinas. Um, So we're um, quite the representation of what you could be. And so it excites them and it excites us that we exist. And, um, you know, we spend a lot of time educating, like Crystal said, on these services are not just for rich white women anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, that was kind of how the manufacturers set things up. Um, Crystal and I both have, you know, almost redesigned, you know, 80 to 90 percent of the um, manufacturer pamphlets and brochures and education to reflect um, the population that we serve. Um, and it shouldn't have to be that way. So we're hoping no. that by partnering with AMSPA, um, we can bring more awareness um, to the group as a whole. And together, this organization and the members of the organization can push those manufacturers and um, the developers of um, you know, materials and media and things to be more inclusive to not just only people of color, women of color, but of various genders as well. It's necessary. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's not just, I mean, you, you, you both mentioned manufacturers and, and, and obviously when it comes to there's the manufacturers for uh, equipment and machines, and then there's the, there's the pharmaceuticals. It's also, you know, the digital marketing companies and, yeah. and, and everybody else as well. It's really an entire industry. I'm curious though, what's the, 
what's the response been from the manufacturers that you've talked to? Have, has, has it been largely receptive? I'm, I'm, is there, has there been any pushback or what's the, what's kind of been the, the, the response so far? For me, um, when I specifically ask for pamphlets or media or, you know, um, you know, the members of AMSPOT will understand this, you know, you can go into the portals for your vendors and, you know, look up, um, you know, different types of advertisements right. um, and, and tools that you can use. There is a very small percentage of that um, that represents people of color. Yeah. So when we get in contact with our reps and we ask them, or I know for me, I'll ask, hey, can you send me a um, rollout of, you know, a person of color or, you know, even more so, you know, someone of a different gender, you know, we want to include everyone oh, we don't have that right now, but it's coming. I know we should kind of have it. So it's always kind of the representative may, or the, you know, the, um, they may acknowledge that there's a lack of it and it's coming, but it never comes. Really? So we recreated ourselves. Right. The same, they're, they're, they're receptive and they, they know that they should have it is coming or, oh, we're having a committee on that. I never see that. Um, mm. So, um, yeah, like Shannon, fruition. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, like Shannon said, um, so you just have to do it yourself basically. Yeah. Yeah. We have to do it, do it ourselves. We have to do it ourselves. And I just, honestly, I take some of the pamphlets and I'm like, I can't display this like no one. And not that I can't, but right. you know, there, I just need something that's more representative. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to relate to your clientele. They're, they're, they're not going to, you know, it's, it's not going to do any, do you any good. And, and, you know, the other thing is there, there are, when you look at even, and I'm not calling out anyone specifically, but there's, you know, national commercials, there's ads in, in, in trade pub publications. Sometimes you see people of color in those ads, but it's, it's, it's a very like specific kind of stereotype and it, it, it yeah. doesn't seem to be, you know, it, it doesn't seem to be real life. Is, is, is that fair? It doesn't resonate amongst okay. the target population. Again, um, Crystal and I have been black all of our lives, so we know what that feels like. But um, even just amongst people of color, you know, Asian American, Pacific Islander, uh, Hispanics, you know, it just doesn't resonate amongst us saying that this is actually something for you, you know, um, right. and that's something that is missing in aesthetics. Right. And also when you have these, like you were saying, stereotypical, you know, maybe like Instagram model girl, that's right. not representative of yep. normal everyday black woman, um, you know, so they're they're still looking at that like, I don't want to look like that. I, I don't I don't want to be in that stereotype when we have to then again, educate that, okay, you don't have to have those huge lips or, you know, you, we can just do a little to hydrate your lips and make them look a little bit more plump. So it just takes a lot of educating and educating on our own um, to get people to come around that these products are for for them because the the stereotypical, you know, like I said, like to say Instagram model, you know, it just doesn't represent the everyday woman. Right. And, um, Crystal, you, you mentioned that um, aesthetic treatment or medical aesthetic treatments among um, black women is, is, is still not, not really accepted. And I, I think your point about there not being a, a, a lot of providers who are doing it, I think that absolutely um, makes a difference. Is, what, what, what is it um, that we can do as an industry to increase um, the interest and, and 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 why is it you think that 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 population in particular hasn't hasn't really broken into us? Because I, I asked the same thing about men. I mean, men obviously are are a lot further along. Um, uh, but but I, I'm curious what like what are some of these factors that that, that we're dealing with and, and how can we help? I think it all ties back to a representation. So that's a big yeah. a big one. Um, if there were more commercials and more campaigns um, to be more inclusive of uh, women of color, then that would kind of uh, bridge that gap. Also, you know, a lot of it is, I guess, aesthetics in looking at the same, that Instagram model, that huge lips, um, extremely frozen face, you know, we kind of hear of two, even in media in general, just of the horror stories, right? Right, right? So if all you're hearing is the horror stories, and then all you're seeing, and then you're not seeing yourself represented, then it just scares, um, 
that population away, our population away. Um, so I think it's, and, and also a lot of times it's like Shannon said, they think, well, that's for rich white women. Like mm. we don't do that. You know, also the whole thing of like black don't crack and those things. And I always say black don't crack, but we do wrinkle. Um, so I think just, just education um, will bridge that gap. Um, it's just still taboo because those are the, the media images that we see yeah. um, overdone horror stories um, and lack of representation of seeing ourselves in the ads and also seeing providers who look like you, who are doing that. I think it makes you feel much more comfortable to have that talk and to say, okay, so what are these treatments? And, yeah. you know, it, and they might not do, you know, they might come in for IV hydration and ask, oh, what does that do? And, you know, you just educate and each time they come in, you educate, you educate. And then eventually, um, eventually you get them to try it. You know, I always say, at least just try a little Botox. Let me just mm-hmm. do your glabellar region, you know, and they try that and they love the results from that. And then they tend to come back and then they start getting more and more. And then they educate their friends and tell their friends about it. So mm-hmm. it, it has to do with, um, you know, the education piece and, and just having someone that looks like you to make you feel comfortable and safe. And like, we won't, we won't mess you up. I promise I won't mess you up. That's what I always tell them. Right. Um, I'd like to add to that. I mean, one of the things that this industry could do is, um, you know, tell, tell the providers to pull up, you know, those that are in, that have been in the industry for a while and they have not, um, expanded their practice Mm -hmm. to include, um, standards other than, you know, traditional standards of beauty. They have not taken the time to educate themselves. Um, they haven't given others the opportunity, um, you know, like Crystal spoke of, you know, trying to break into this industry um, is why my med spa exists because, um, you know, it was, it was tough getting in and mm-hmm. I couldn't get a seat at the table. So I decided to make my own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so having uh, practitioners that um, have a wealth of knowledge to share with the world, give another person an opportunity that may not look like you um, so that we can advance the field as a whole. Yeah. yeah and I think that there's so much money that people are missing, not having mm-hmm. a diverse <laughs> Injecting population, a, a, a diverse injectors in their med spa. Right. Like you're missing out on so much money and, and a whole population because you're wanting to have the same cookie cutter injectors in your med spa. You right. know, once you once you diversify, you're bringing in a whole different set of revenue that you never knew probably existed. Yes, and and I would think, and, and this is, I think, honestly, we should almost do a study on this. I think this would be interesting to, to know, like. What is the impact of having, um, and let's just let's just use um, black women as the as the kind of the exemplar. Like the impact of having a a a a female injector who is black. What does that do for your patient population? Because I, I presume now, even with you know even um, women who who of color who do want to get treatments, oftentimes it's going to be a Caucasian woman who looks nothing like them that's going to be doing it. And there's got to be, you know, a little bit of a, you know, is, is this exactly who I want to be injecting me? Mm-hmm. There have been studies, um, Alex. Um, I've, I can get back to you with the exact yeah. ones, but I am um, in preparation for this interview. Um, I definitely did look up some and um, it was indicated by the studies that um the people of color felt more comfortable having a physician or a um, aesthetic provider that looked like them because they felt heard. They felt heard. They felt seen. They felt like um, there was a a genuine connection with their concerns that um, could be understood by their practitioner. Um, Uneven skin tone is one of the, um, is 57% um, of the concerns that most black women have come to um, aesthetic providers for um, most of the time that is not something that um, a black woman or a woman of color in general would see as being a concern for um, a white provider right. you know the extreme uh, differences of hyperpigmentation are not as um, obvious and prevalent amongst um, white people now there are other concerns rosacea and you know everybody has uneven skin so that's right. not what I'm trying to say but um, to be able to say um, 
I have a provider that has either experienced hyperpigmentation, their sister has experienced it, or they're, you know, they treat it on a regular basis. That makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel heard. It makes me feel safe. It makes me feel um, like I've sat in the right chair. Right. There, there, there must be, um, when, when both of you see new patients, um, there must be, you, you must be able to tell and kind of j- just from your, your conversing with your patients that I, there's probably a sense of relief that they're able to now go to someone that they can relate to that, that looks like them, that, 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 that can relate to their, their skin types. Do, do, do you find that in your, uh, Crystal, in, in your conversation with, 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 with new patients and folks that there's a, that there's an excitement around what you're doing? Yeah, definitely an excitement. My patient, I think Shannon was there last week when she's like, I think she said, you saw how fast I pulled up on you when I saw your Instagram and saw that you were, um, you know, black injector in my area. Um, And not to say that people can't go to different races. Like, I don't want it to be that. I just want to to understand where we are coming from and that there's a comfort level. Um, And also we like to support, you know, we, there's not many black women in this industry. So black women like to support, especially if they're used to getting these aesthetic treatments, they like to come support another woman of color that looks like them. So yes, there's definitely excitement um, around it. And uh, they're, kind of, they're very happy to have found someone that looks like them. Um, so I definitely noticed that for my patient. Um, I even get, um, you know, when, with my patients that are not of color, you know, um, I even get an excitement in there, you know, there is, um, you know, those that are aware of the biases um, of the industry, you know, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that you exist. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so, you know, really happy to see that you're, you know, in our neighborhood now in my backyard or what have you. So um, I think not only like like we said, it's not only just people of color, but I think a lot of people recognize that there is a lack of diversity and a lack of representation in the aesthetics industry. And so when um, they see, um, you know, a business that has arrived and is, is thriving and existing and provides great, you know, Crystal and I provide great results and great services, they're, they're happy to come in, yeah. you know, patronize. Hey folks, Alex Tiersch here. Wanted to give a quick shout out and thank you to our good friends at RepeatMD for sponsoring this podcast. And did you know that 7 out of 10 of your patients want to buy an ongoing membership for aesthetic treatments? And patients who join a membership program spend up to 44% more annually? The problem is, as you know, selling memberships in your aesthetic practice is not easy. Between member management, treatment scheduling, collections... It takes a whole team just to manage. And that's not even including the time and money it takes to advertise and sell these memberships. We believe you got into business to transform patients' lives. We understand you don't have time to do it all, which is why the award-winning team at RepeatMD is proud to present the latest solution for your practice. Now introducing the Aesthetic Marketplace. The Aesthetic Marketplace gives your patients the ability to buy monthly memberships, treatment plans, and packages through private label mobile app with a fully integrated loyalty and reward system, all built uniquely for your practice to generate monthly recurring revenue. Visit repeatmd.com slash amspa to book a quick product demonstration. That's repeatmd slash amspa, and you'll receive 50% off towards your purchase for being a listener of Medical Spa Insider. Again, repeat MD slash AMSPA. Thanks so much. Um, now, do you have, do you have any idea um, how, like in your area, uh, Shannon? It looks like you, you know, you, you you were searching on Instagram and you found Crystal or or however that that happened. How many um, black women injectors or just black injectors? Period. Are there in your area that you know of? And, and do you have any idea? Because I, I I have seen very few in, in in my search, which has not been extensive. But I'm curious, what's your what's your take on that? Well, um, actually, Crystal and I were put together by our mentor. We just keep having divine intervention um, <laughs> happen. So um, we were put together by our mentor okay. um, who mentored both of us. Um, and okay. so um, that's how Crystal and I connected. Um, however, with regard to the population, yeah. we are here. We exist. We are just... Um, 
you know, it's, it's just not known yet. Um, right. Crystal and I are both members of several um, social media groups with other, um, Af- um, with other black women and um, black people as injectors and as a nurse, nurse entrepreneurs um, that are expanding and scaling their businesses um, all the way from IV hydration to full on med spas. So we do exist. Um, and there is a large population, or I should say a growing population of um of African-American injectors. Mm-hmm. Um, we are just, we're just getting started, Alex, <laughs> to, to put it lightly. We're just getting started, um, but we are coming um, as educators, as practitioners. Um, and so, yes, there are Facebook groups, there are Instagram groups, um, there are different ways that um, people of color can connect um, to um seek out resources, to seek out education, to support one another, and to get educated on um, how to grow in this industry. And that's where we, you know, want to expand that. It should not have to be um, such hard lines. I should be able to um, go to any other injector and seek the same education and even bring them education because, you know, like they said, you're never too old to learn. Right. Right. Um, So the information that I have um, could be of benefit to um, the more seasoned uh, injector Mm -hmm. and vice versa. So yes, we do exist. um, And if you are seeking someone of color that can provide you with treatments of color, we are out there. You might have to look a little bit harder just because there's such a great disparity in medicine in general with people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's definitely going to trickle down to the specialties, but we do exist. We're out there and we're ready to service you. And I, and I will say, Alex, um, to answer specifically, we are located in the Inland Empire of California, which is about an hour outside of LA. Um, And it's, it's, very big out here. We're having a great mi- migration too of people yeah. leaving Los Angeles. So expensive. Um, but I will say I only know of me and Shan- me, Shannon, and there's one other um, black injector yeah. that I know of in this this immediate area. In the yeah, in the immediate yeah. area in the vicinity in which we're at. What we'll put it as a what like a thirty mile radius. Yeah. Um, yes, we are probably that's the crazy. Only ones. I mean, that's crazy. I think California as a whole is much more. Um, of a melting pot, you know, the West coast is much more of a melting pot than other areas in the United States. So I'm sure there are, you know, it's much more sparse in other areas of the country. Um, uh, but LA too, but yeah. Yeah. Well, but the, I mean, the Inland Empire, where, where, where you are, uh, which I've like read articles about this massive expansion that, that's happening there to, to have this to have, you know, three of you as, as you know, by your estimation. I mean, that's crazy small for the for, for the yes. amount. Um, very underrepresentative of, of of the population as a whole. And one thing that you both mentioned that I think is is interesting is, is the education of, you know, how do you, how do you get training? And it's one thing to get, to get, I mean, I, we all need training on anatomy and, you know, the, all the, the, the basics and, and complications and all that kind of stuff. But, um, like when it comes to how many, how many, um, black trainers are there out there that, that folks can go to be inspired and, and, and learn from, because I don't think there's, there, there's very many of those too, because th- that's got to change as well. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely, uh, and my goal is to ultimately become a trainer because of that reason. Um, there are some, there are some training groups. There are some, um, black injectors who do have training. So there, yeah. there are those in different areas. Um, but I will say that entering this, because I do, teach um, IV hydration and we have actually added on aesthetics to that Um, not teaching actual injecting techniques but just teaching how they can add it on um, to the IV hydration since they already have a medical director Um, but it is very expensive spending your own Mm-hmm. Um, money to, you know, and we all know because everybody has to spend uh, money in this industry to advance their technique and train, but it is very expensive. So that's kind of a deterring factor, you know, if you, when you don't, when you can't get hired on somewhere to at least learn the basic techniques or have someone teach you the basic techniques and then, you know, get some money to expand your knowledge and then spend the money that way. But that is kind of a deterring factor too, just having to spend your own resources um, to train from the ground up. You know, right. it's very um, expensive to do that, but it is my goal to be that represent- 
participation in the training because we definitely need to see more trainers who look like that be- too, who look like us because that again shows us we can do it someone who looks like me if, yeah. if she did it i can do it so um yeah we definitely need to work on getting um, more trainers but if you know being that there's so few of us there's more of us now but we're basically still learning so yeah. it's going to take a little while before we feel proficient enough to go out and then you know start training other people right yeah i definitely feel like um you know, it's one of those things you have to pay to play, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as getting education. And Crystal and I know <laughs> we've uh, paid a, a good penny. We've invested. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we're constantly investing in um, training, um, you know, to continue to be educated, which everyone should. You know, nursing is not medicine is not a practice where you just learn it and then you stop. It's continued education is required. Um, But to get into the field, it does, you know, require a large investment. And um, in addition to that, you have to do your own research. Um, That's Mm -hmm. why we have we tend to have closer relationships with our vendors because we will ask specifically um, how is this product going to affect skin of color? Has this product been tested on people of color? Um, What are your outcomes regarding people of color? Um, So, you know, getting specific training. um, I reached out because there was a group called Melanin Experts on um, Instagram, and I kind of reached out to them unfortunately to no avail um but i wanted to know what made them in what made them melanin experts where did they get the training is this resource available um because i think it's something that is needed so um as crystal indicated she and i both have the goal of becoming um trainers for some of the vendors of the products that we use um, once we feel confident and comfortable and get the education that we need so that we can start to be that representation that is needed in our industry. I think that would be a, a huge step because it what's going to give it's, uh, uh, you know, people look up to trainers, you know, it's, it's there, there are, they're all over the, 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 you know, they're all over social media, the, the, the manufacturers and the big companies are sending them around and paying for them to, to yeah. go places. And it's just would be so much exposure, um, that I, you know, especially for, for injectables, you're, I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't see a lot of black women as trainers for the big, for the big companies, but that's something we need to work on. No, you don't. And definitely not at the top. Like I said, there are trainers, but they're not at the top. Uh, When I see those conventions and the, the, you know, train the trainer events that the manufacturers have, I don't see many of us um, there. Um, Definitely not a lot of us that are at the top of the top of elite trainers in the industry. Right. So, um, Shannon, we, we, we spoke as, as I said at, at MSS and, and one thing I thought that was encouraging is, is so this was our fifth year of doing the medical spa show and, um, far and away this year, there was a a far more diverse attendance population than ever before. And it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was really apparent and it was encouraging, um, but you know, one thing I've, I I I wanted to want to know is, you know, a, a company like ours, like Aimspot, you know, we're we we're an association. We've got you know close to four thousand medical spas, um, and 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 we put on this big event, and you know, we we want to talk about diversity, and you probably hear this in 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 other conferences and from other organizations as well. Um, what are some what are some lessons that 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 that, that maybe we could we could learn? Because I, I I honest to God felt like when we were doing it, I, I I didn't know what I was doing. We were like, okay, we're gonna do some diversity talk. Didn't really understand um, kind of what it was. I I, I I and I feel like that there's like it, it, there was some some cringeworthy moments where everyone was just kind of like oh like how do we how do we bring this up and talk about it in a way um and and, and make it more make it more approachable and comfortable for people does, does that make make sense what i'm asking yes um so first and foremost yes uh you and i met at the med spa and after the conversation um you know, you were kind of shrinking in the hallway <laughs> saying how uncomfortable the, the the conversation kind of went. And, you know, it's OK because um, you have to start somewhere. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, getting the conversation started is the biggest step. 
okay? Um, in addition to getting the conversation started is to encourage others to talk about it. And um, right now it feels like the elephant in the room yeah. because it's not um, spoken of. Um, but once we uh, continue to bring it to the forefront and talk about it more and more and it becomes a norm and people are educated on the terms um, that are okay and acceptable and people talk about um, why something you might have said could have offended your clients or offended, you know, your colleague. The more we talk about it, the more comfortable people become with it. Yeah. Um, AMSPA taking the lead on something like this is huge. Um, you know, beyond having a committee, you want to have, you know, a, a, a lead to your diversity uh, committee or leads to your diversity committee, DEI representatives that ensure that not just at the MSS, but every, you know, you guys are going across the country, like mm -hmm. you said, at your boot camps and all of your shows, if they are inclusive, so inclusive that people feel comfortable. You said that this was your most diverse yeah. um, experience or audience just yet. Yeah. And quite frankly, um, I know for myself, I was surprised not to see more. Yeah. Um, I was surprised yeah. that there, there wasn't more diversity, that there was still yeah. um, such a limited population of people of color. Again, I don't want to just keep hitting the black women because in addition, I did see um, a couple of, um, you know, groups of Asian um, Pacific Islander kind of um, uh injectors, you know, that I spoke with. Um, and, but, you know, inclusion includes everything, Alex. Right. We're not just talking about people of color. We're talking about, you know, various genders. You know, um, I think that accepting the LGBTQIA plus, I think I said that right, <laughs> AI plus um, group <laughs> um, is also important. There yeah. should be representatives of everyone. And I, you know, I know that it may be difficult and you might have to search a little, um, you know, you might have to search a little bit more to include these groups, but I think it would be such, it would add so much value to the industry and to AMSPA to be able to represent everyone. You know, I will tell you that I was looking at the media as I was there of um, community versus competition. Yeah. Um, and it was disheartening because the community that was on the me media did not reflect my community. Mm -hmm. It did not reflect a Latina mm -hmm. community. It did not reflect the community in which we live in. You know, everything was um, pretty much, you know, it was pretty much white women mm -hmm. on, you know, so we go back to, you know, the representation mm -hmm. and, and looking at something and the importance of visualizing if they can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it would add so much value to the organization. I um, know that it would add so much value to injectors as a whole to be able to come together and really advance um, aesthetics when it comes to talking about, you know, researching and, and pushing vendors to yeah. um, invest in researching the biology and the anatomical features of various cultures beyond just the you know, traditional standards of beauty. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes, expanding the culture and the diversity of, you know, not just the show, but the boot camps. Like you said, you guys travel across the country. Right. Um, you know, you represent um, injectors across the, the nation. It's yeah. time to, yeah. it's time to level up. It's time yeah. to make those changes. Yeah. I definitely felt, um, that the conversation that was had was was cringeworthy, <laughs> but like Shannon said, you, we have to start somewhere. Um, yeah. And I think that it's um, funny that Shannon and I were talking about um, that, you know, the the women of color who were there, although we came from different walks of life, uh, still came up to each other and yeah. came up to us and like, did you hear that? Did you did you hear what was said? And it's like, even though we're different women from different walks of life, we still felt it the same. Yeah. Um, so I can only imagine that other women were feeling the same and just kind of having, um, you know, a diverse population to be able to speak to um, to speak to the topic of diversity, you know, and and not just, you know, one or two people representing the conversation um, and then they're up there kind of seeming confused too as to what they're talking about. So it's, it's kind of, we need to get something that's like uniform so that we're all on the same page and we all know the same goal. 
um, of what we are trying to accomplish um, in, in bringing yeah. these diverse groups together. And I think, Alex, really adding value to the conversations whenever they take place would be having someone lead the conversation that has experienced these mm-hmm. injustices or, you know, the prejudiceness or the uncomfortable moments. If mm-hmm. you have never experienced that, then it's kind of um, hard to be taken seriously mm-hmm. as um, giving a diversity talk when you've mm-hmm. never experienced anything, you know, um, you've never been turned away because you look a certain way or you, you know, represent something, um, you know, even if it comes to, you know, anywhere from accents, you know, people, um, that come from other countries and they have a thicker accent, they, um, are considered, you know, less educated, which is definitely not the case, you know, but that is how they may be, uh, you know, they may be, um, perceived as less educated because they have a thicker accent or, you know, I mean, there's just so many prejudices, uh, prejudice, um, thoughts that people have when they see people of color entering into the aesthetic space that don't look like them. Right. Right. Yeah. I think it's one thing, um, to, to, um, to Shannon's point, you know, it's one thing of, being able to say, oh, I inject a lot of people of color. Right. Um, I'm, I'm cool with them. So, you know, I can say whatever I want versus right. someone who has actually felt those injustices and can really speak and also teach people how to be more sensitive so that these topics, um, these topics aren't um, so taboo and that people don't feel so uncomfortable. But having someone who's been through been through these injustices come and talk and, and, and walk people through how they can be um, more inclusive and how they can uh, say the right words and not just make blanket, blanket statements that you can call one group of people um, anything that you want because you're cool with them like that does not fly um, you, it's a sensitive subject but once once we educate or we're able to educate people on the correct things to say and how you go about it and why they are the way they are then I think that people will feel more comfortable like Shannon said the elephant in the room won't be so big because we right. have educated them and talked about it so you know they'll be able to pull from that when dealing with um, patients of diverse backgrounds yeah and Alex I think having um you know DEI consultants or a committee on board um to go through the presentations um prior to offering them to you know um the audience would be very helpful when you said, you know, you're kind of at a loss. How do you start? Where do you go? Um, Having someone review those slides and the, um, the presentations prior to, because again, I think a lot of times it's very unconscious, Yeah, you know, it's, it's really, really unconscious, but that doesn't make it okay. Right. Um, So, you know, if, if, you know, say Crystal and I were reviewing slides and we say, hey, this kind of is not okay. You know, Mm -hmm. I understand what you were trying to say, but there might be a better way of saying it. Or, you know, your presentation is very um, mono-focused. You might want to expand on, you know, X, Y, and Z so that it's more inclusive of all genders, all, you know, ethnicities or what have you. Um, I think that would be a great place for AMSPA to start. So I I, I agree. I I think... And I think um, the the show last year um, that was the impetus to all this, I think, is is really going to be the starting point. And and I think it, you you both have have hit it kind of right on the head in that it's it's difficult for for a lot of folks in the industry to talk about it because we're just and a lot of folks are just are just nervous about talking about it right it's just the idea of talking about it at all makes makes it difficult so when you finally do talk about it it comes across as cringeworthy or just awkward and weird and it's almost like we need to have just a basic conversation about how to talk about it which is you know kind of mind-boggling that we even have to do that nowadays but nevertheless um you must see that all the time when you see when you see folks talking about diversity and it's like i can see it in the audience just like oh man this is like this this person up there or wherever they are is not comfortable even saying these things and it's it, it makes it almost more difficult to have the conversation Right. And I think, but not, you know, and continuing to not speak about it just continues to make the situation worse. Um, 
but I also understand that it is uncomfortable. So, you know, people have to have a safe place to come to be able to voice their questions yeah. and their concerns and um, get help with being more inclusive. So, you know, we do understand that and we, we, we want to be able to provide that safe space for people to come and not feel embarrassed or ashamed or, you know, cause like, like Shannon said, we, we rec- recognize and realize that it's not, or that most times it's unconscious, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Um, but yeah. once, you know, that's why education is so important because once you're educated on, on it, then it, it makes it um, much more comfortable of a conversation to have. Yes. Um, I have to say I had, you know, it was, um, it was, it was, it was humbling and educational, um, to, and also just, you know, it was just, it was just really insightful. Um, the, the, the amount of conversation that, that, that followed, um, the, the session that we're talking about, um, was, I thought it was very productive. I think that, I think, you know, if, you know, when you think about good things that, that come of it, there, there was really, um, it was a really productive conversation. I mean, I got to meet both of you from that. I've met several other folks um, um, uh, f- f- from that conversation. And I think it's going to lead to more productive um, conversations. And, and I think more productive um, progress in the industry. It's just, it's like, we've got to, we've got to figure out how to, how to, how to talk about it. And it's, it, it is a struggle for folks. It really is. I, I can just tell when I talk to people in, in my office about it, it's like, kind of, how do you talk about how do you what can't you say what can you say what 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 what's the right tone to to take um right. i'm probably sounding weird right now <laughs> um, you know, and it's so different between who you know it, it's so different between who you talk to as well you right. know like um shannon's okay with saying black people i'm okay depending on who you are you okay. know so it just there's just it's it is a sensitive subject um for everyone, I think for yeah. everyone, you know, how, how we receive it is, is different. Um, and how it's spoken about is different depending on who the person is. And I think that's part of the education that's needed. You know, the more we educate, uh, the more comfortable people are going to become with it. You know, right. again, I don't want it to seem as though this is just about black people because yeah. it's not, no. um, you know, I, you, you, you know, the gender piece is a really big thing yeah, you know, really with, with aesthetics for um, most women. It is a want. I want to look beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want to reverse my aging. I want to do this um, with the um, LGBTQ. Is it AI or IA? IA. IA, IA plus community. Um, this is about a quality of life. Yeah. Um, if I am a transgender woman, um, adding these, you know, features that are going to, I'm um, adding these procedures that are going to soften my features is going to improve my quality of life. And as mm-hmm. injectors, we need to understand that. Yeah. We need to not only be tolerant of that, but we need to be accepting of that. There's a difference, you know, between um, tolerance and acceptance. And um, I think that the aesthetics industry needs to move much more in the direction of acceptance versus tolerance. Hmm. And so, um, you know, we need to talk about it. The more you talk about it, the more Mm -hmm. you educate about it, the more people will become comfortable with it and um, the better off everyone will be. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I, um, it's, no, this has been very, very enlightening. And I think, um, I think we've got a long way to go, but I think there's there's also um, a lot to be a lot to be hopeful for on um, the the fact that we're having this conversation. Um, I think Amspa has you know I um, I mean I I know that 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 we have the ability to help qu- quite a bit when it comes to manufacturers, when it comes to you know that the industry side of things, when it comes to training, um, when it comes to you know making sure that we're promoting both of you and others and, 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 and to to a higher. Um, kind of level of position in the industry so that folks can, can, can see you. I think there, there's a lot that we can do. And I, I, education is like most things, 
the key. Um, and Absolutely. you know, starting, you know, starting, um, next boot camp, we're going to be, <laughs> we're going to be working on that. Um, so what else, like what's, what's next for both of you? I, we've, we've talked a lot about the diversity issue, um, which is, which obviously is, is super important, but, um, it's, it sounds like you both are, are getting started. Um, what's kind of your, uh, Crystal, let's start with you. What's your, what's your, you know, what's, what's next for you in, in whether it's in relation to diversity or in relation to your business or, 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 or what, what's the, what's next on the, on the list? Um, so definitely continuing to train, um, and just build my client base. Mm -hmm. Um, and within that, like I said, my ultimate goal is to become a trainer and to be able to train other injectors in this field. Um, definitely am interested, you know, definitely am wanting to collaborate with AMSPA to push this initiative forward. Um, so we can reach the masses. Um, as far as business wise, um, I am continuing to pull nurses who are burnt out from the bedside and who want to start, um, either IV hydration business, um, continue to coach that also coaching nurses in general on business, because we have, a lot of us were, well, we were not taught business in nursing school, but a lot of us don't really have a business mind, but we are creative. We want to do, we have so much knowledge as nurses. So I'm starting a coaching program just to teach nurses the business basics so that they again are educated and feel comfortable. Um, and they see that one nurse branched out, um, and started my own business and then see the thousands of other nurses who have branched out. Because I know when I saw, other nurses were doing entrepreneurial endeavors. Yeah. Um, it just opened up a whole new world for me. So I kind of want to, I want to be that to other nurses um, who just want to get started in any kind of business. Um, COVID has definitely shaken us, rocked us to our core. We are tired. We are burnt out. Um, and I just yeah. want nurses to know that we have so much knowledge away from the hospital um, that we can put those, those um, talents and gifts and knowledge into other things and starting our own businesses. So that is what is next for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Shannon, how about you? Um, well, very similar goals. However, I am in uh, school right now to acquire my uh, nurse practitioner, um, my master's. Yeah, my master's oh, awesome. and become an FMP. So, um, you know, I'm working on that. Um, definitely want to continue to train and um, expand my knowledge in the field um, and, you know, work towards becoming a trainer. Um, definitely as a brand new business, we want to increase our, um, client base, expand, let the world know that we are here, um, and that we're ready to service them. Um, as a business owner, I, um, also want to foster the growth of, um, the staff that I bring on, um, teach them, um, all that I am, um, pour into them as others have poured into me thus far. And with my background being in, um, you know, administration, hospital administration, um, I too have a lot to offer on the side of um, the business uh, aesthetics. Um, So just pouring into others that want to get into the business of aesthetics. And also moms. Um, I am a mom of six. And um, like I said, I started, this is a second career for me, but um, encouraging women and moms that are trying to balance um, work, life, school, and all of that. And, um, you know, teaching them that it's okay to prioritize themselves, um, not always put ourselves on the bottom, um, but that we can grow and that we don't have to make a choice anymore. Um, Society has um, programmed us to believe that we have to make a choice between being a good mom and being a businesswoman or Mm. being an entrepreneur and being a good mom or being a good wife. We don't have to make those choices anymore. Mm. We can do them both. All right. Well, this was. I, I just want to say thank you to, to to both of you for for joining um, me on this, and, and we're going to have a lot more as as time goes on. Um, you know, I, I think the 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 diversity initiative that Amspa is embarking on is probably long overdue, and and, and we should have done it um, a while ago. But I think just getting the conversation started is important, and we're going to have a lot more of both of you um, in the future once we once we get going. But but thanks to both of you for. Um, um, for joining us. I'd love to give each of you a last word. And if you want, please let, let folks know where they can reach you if they have questions or they want to, they want to talk more. Shannon, go first. Okay. Um, so my name is Shannon King and I can be reached at lay L E underscore M E I L L E U R beauty. Uh, that's my Instagram tag. 
Also, you can reach me at Shannon at LeMayYourBeauty.com, which is um, my email address. Um, that's, again, L-E-M as in Mary, E-I-L-L-E-U-R. Awesome. Crystal. And I am Crystal Parker. And Alex, I just want to say thank you for being so open and transparent and honest with this conversation um, and allowing yeah. us to come on and speak with you and your audience. Yeah, um, of course. Anytime. For, for, excited for what's to come. I can be reached at Crystal P, Beauty NP. That's Crystal C-H-R-I-S-T-A-L P, as in Paul, or as in Parker, uh, Beauty NP. Crystal P, Beauty NP on Instagram. And okay. my email address is hello at Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y, beautyandwellness.com. Awesome. Well, this is just the beginning. Yeah, of course. Thank you both. I, I really appreciate it. And we'll have you both again on real soon. Thanks so much. Welcome. We look forward to our next talk. <laughs> yes. right, talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Shannon King, owner and CEO of Le Mayor Beauty and Wellness, and Crystal Parker, owner of Savvy Beauty and Wellness. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button to receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.